Hi, and welcome to The Dead Herd. I'm Amanda. And I'm Selena. This is episode one, and we'll be discussing our first paranormal experiences. If you enjoy the show, please do follow us on Instagram at The Dead Herd. This is a podcast where a mom and daughter duo communicate with the dead. We share our stories about ghost investigations and ghost experiences. In this podcast, we discuss hauntings, sensitivities, ghost gizmos, and, well, whatever lies between. So let's get to it. Okay, so this is the first episode of the Dead Heart Podcast. Um, we'll get started with our introduction, since you guys don't really know who we are. My name's Selena. I'm 23. Um, I work in a production job, and I've always been interested in the paranormal. I'm not really looking for answers on the other side. I like communicating with things that are unexplained, maybe to prove what uh, I've always known. And I'm Amanda. I'm a 50-year-old 911 dispatcher who is also paranormal sensitive that enjoys ghost hunting and discussing all things paranormal. Okay, well, now that we've introduced ourselves, um, why don't we go ahead and get right into it? Um, why don't you start, Selena? Um, tell us about your early life experience. Um, so, I didn't really have a lot of paranormal experiences growing up. So, but the one thing that I can think of is my childhood home uh, when I lived down in Florida. There's a very rural area. Um, and I didn't find this out till later, but there was actually an elderly lady that owned the home and she ended up dying there. So that's really cool. Um, but I would, my mom had her desk in the living room, which was kind of like an offshoot from where the kitchen was. And they had the little peekaboo kitchen thing going on. Um, and so you could see into the kitchen and her desk was like right next to it. So I would be there just chilling watching YouTube like after school and I would occasionally hear things falling or being thrown and it never felt malicious um but I always it was a little weird so but having that little peekaboo I would always look in to see if you know I had a childhood dog so I would see if she would be in the kitchen knocking things over or if somebody else would be in there and it was also a rural area so I didn't know if you know, something got into the house. It was in the kitchen knocking things over. But I was never able to find anything. I would go in, I would investigate. Nothing would be knocked over. Nothing would be out of place. So it was definitely weird. Um, weirded me out being, you know, probably nine-ish. Um, when. Do you think she was possibly doing that to get your attention or someone's attention? Um, yeah, knowing what I know now, um, that the lady, you know, ended up dying in the home and she was really old too. She was probably like in her eighties. Um, so she either was doing it to get somebody's attention, um, or maybe she was just, you know, living her life in her house that she died in. And well, just it's quite possible that it was a residual haunting. She had been there so long. She had died there. Um, maybe she wasn't intending to communicate, but was going about her life as she always had. Yeah, I I definitely think that because it wasn't anything, you know, it wasn't mean. It wasn't like it was throwing things at somebody. It just, it was just weird. And it always happened in the kitchen. It never happened anywhere else. So I don't know, maybe she liked her kitchen. Maybe she was a baker or something. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely sounds like a possible residual haunting. Yeah, I definitely, definitely think that. So was there anything that happened to you 
um, when you were a kid? Oh, wow. Uh, where do I begin? Um, I will say, as a young child, I was not aware that I was a sensitive. Um, we really didn't have any education on that or any knowledge back then. Um, I do know as a young girl in my grandmother's house, because I was there often, um, pictures would fall off the walls when I were there. Um, often I would see a shadowy figure of a woman in a white gown, sometimes at the top of the stairs, sometimes down empty hallways. Um, never really scared me. It was more just the knowing she was there. Um, several times I would wake up in my guest room and the rocking chair in the corner of the room would be rocking with no one in it. Um, initially, it startled me. I thought, well, maybe somebody had been there watching me sleep and got up and left. Um, it happened several times. So I just began to accept it as the norm. Didn't think a lot about it. Um, there were many years following that where I would not so much see ghosts or experience ghosts, but I would have deja vu or some precog episodes or some night terrors, but I never really linked it all together. About 25 in one of my newer homes with my husband, we started to have some episodes that we couldn't explain. My children would come to us at night crying and they would see the face of an old man. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, peeking in on them when they were trying to sleep. And of course, my husband would discount their claims, thinking they were just trying to not go to bed. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of ignored it. And then one night, him and I were laying in bed. House was silent. Kids were asleep. And in that particular bedroom, they had just installed some new carpet. And we haven't raised the door yet. Yeah. So the door couldn't close because it couldn't clear the carpet. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, our bedroom door had to stay open at all times. So we were just laying there drifting off. And out of nowhere, that door slammed. <laughs> and I mean slammed hard. And I could feel my husband stiffen next to me. <laughs> and I just laid there for a second in disbelief. And in my head was trying to tell myself, well, maybe the kid slammed the door. Did you know it was that door that slammed? Oh, yeah. Like, because we were in the room sleeping and the door slammed while we're in the room. Oh, so you were in the room where the door was yes, slammed. That okay, was that's my terrifying. <laughs> it was our bedroom. We were laying there like, what? happened <laughs> and so without really moving to turn and look at him I just kind of whispered I'm like did you do that and he's like <laughs> no I said are you gonna get up and check it and he said no <laughs> <laughs> and then what was really crazy we laid there and neither one of us could drift back off to sleep I wouldn't for either. obvious reasons. <laughs> um, I felt like a bad mother because my poor children were on the other side of the door. <laughs> and I didn't jump up to go save them. Um, They're fine. They lived. Mommy lessons. <laughs> um, but what we noticed, which was really strange, is directly above us mm -hmm. was a green glowing 
substance. Oh my God. Do you remember the old glowing stars that kids would put yeah. on their ceilings? Yeah. It was sort of like that kind of glow, mm-hmm. but it was circular. Mm-hmm. And we had textured ceilings, so it was kind of broken up. And him and I tried all the next day to recreate that to, you know, debunk it. Yeah. And we couldn't. Yeah. Um, so we weren't sure what it was. But about a week later, we, this was a rural town, mm-hmm. and so the buses would come very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was winter, so it was still pitch black. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing in the house with my son, doors open, and we're waiting on the bus. And we're just, we're staring out. And I noticed this old man starting to walk through my yor- yard mm-hmm. towards the door. Mm-hmm. He gets directly in front of our door. He's holding this, like, old railroad lantern, you know? Mm-hmm. And he just stops. He turns. He looks at us, turns back, and just walks off and disappears. I just stood there <laughs> frozen because I didn't want to believe what I saw. And my son, without moving, turns and goes, that's the old man with the face. That's the old man that would look at him? Yes. That's terrifying. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> we did move from that house shortly after that. Um, not because of the paranormal, but we did end up moving. Um, I ended up purchasing a house in the city mm-hmm. and had my daughter and... We had a couple quiet years. Not a lot happened. Um, And leading up to the next experience, my daughter was about three. And we had taken several photos of the kids. I was really big into photography. And I got my photos back, and I noticed that just around my daughter, there were orbs in the pictures. And I tried to convince myself That it was just dust in the air and that it wasn't what I thought it was. But if you looked at the people sitting next to her in the photos, there were no orbs. Mm -hmm. Um, I flipped through all kinds of photos and in all of her photos, they were there. So it was just what... It was just just her. her. And I kind of blew that off. I didn't think much about it until my husband deployed... About a month later, and it was just me and the three kids, and we started having incidents with my daughter. She would start talking to an invisible man. She, you know, she said it was an older gentleman, and it wasn't just in our house. Um, My mom even noticed because um, one day in the van with my mom, she was talking to this gentleman. And I was like, okay, you know, imaginary friend. I'm still not thinking much about it. Um, And then I found her in her closet, oddly enough, with a jar of pickles. (laughs) (laughs) Three-year-old talking to this old man. And I'm like, what are you doing in your closet? Who are you talking to? And why do you have a jar of pickles? And she said, well, you know, this is what he asked for. So, Mommy, I'm just bringing him the pickles. Ghost is having cravings. I guess. (laughs) I was like, well, okay. 
And then I was like, you can't talk to him anymore. This has got to stop. Stop talking to this gentleman. Well, I think I angered him because that day we started this experience that I will never forget. My children will never forget. The TV in my daughter's room would start to spike up to over a hundred. Oh my God. And it would be so loud, it would fill the house. And I would go running in and there would be nobody in the room. So I would turn off the TV. Mm-hmm. I would step out the room and it would happen again. And this continued, God, I don't even know, days, weeks. And it was starting to really make me mad. It was driving me insane because at this point, I knew it was a ghost. Yeah. I knew I was being messed with and I didn't know what to do. So I called my dad and I'm like, hey, this is going on. My dad, I don't know if he believes or not in the paranormal. He is uncomfortable talking about it. This man, <laughs> his nose will twitch. He will run. He does not want to discuss the paranormal. So he tried to convince me that I needed to run new cable and get a new TV. I'm like, okay, fine. So we purchased a new TV. He came and reran all new cable, put the new TV in. And as he's turning to leave the room, the TV spikes to 100 volume. He stops. He looks at me. And this is after fixing everything. This is after fixing everything. But what really did him in, he had not plugged in the TV. He stopped, and I swear to God, that man went white. He paused. He looked at me. His face twitched, and he said, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm leaving. And he left. And I knew at that point I was in trouble in that I was going to have to be the one to deal with it. That sounds like something like straight out of like one of those like paranormal movies. Yes. Well, let me tell you. And as the next couple of days went on, the energy increased mm-hmm. and it got to where I could feel it outside the door and you couldn't walk in the room without being uncomfortable. And it, it was really scary. And I don't typically get scared But I'm talking about in-your-bones fear. And the TV would go up and down and on and off, and things would move. And you couldn't walk in the room without freezing or losing your breath. And at this point, I'm thinking, I have three small children. My husband's in Iraq. What am I going to do? And I am not exaggerating when I say that towards the very end... Have you ever seen the movie The Poltergeist? Yeah. And you know in the kids' room where her shit's all flying everywhere (laughs) and toys are in the air and things are floating past the door? I was afraid I was going to open the door. And that's exactly (laughs) what it was going to be because that was the kind of fill and energy Mm -hmm. that was going on in that room. And I was like, I have to fix this. So I grabbed my Bible. I'm not an exorcist, I'm not trained. I'm not overly religious. I don't even know what to read. I don't even know that I believe it would do anything. But at this point, I didn't know what else to do. So I go running in this room, okay? I'm like, I'm going to vanish you. So 
I just open the Bible and I think, I'm just going to read. I'm going to read and you're going to leave. <sighs> Have you ever been so scared that you can't get sound out? Mm -hmm. I couldn't speak. I want to read this Bible and I'm shaking and I am so scared. I can't get words out of my mouth. So I'm standing there shaking. I close the Bible and I run out. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that didn't work. And I did that like two or three times. And things just kept amping up. And it got to the point where I was uncomfortable with the boys and, and Jackie even sleeping in the next room. Yeah. Because you could feel the energy outside the room. So I, everybody was now sleeping in bed with me. And they were, like, glued to me in the house 24-7. So as a mother, you got to fix it. Yeah. So I put on my big girl pants, grabbed my Bible, and I was determined. I'm like, this time, you're leaving. So I go running in there. And it's kind of comical. It's like a bad TV show, really. And so I open my Bible, and I'm just reading. I don't even know what I'm reading. And I don't know how I think whatever I'm reading is going to vanquish the ghost. Because at this point, I don't even know what I read. But I'm screaming at the top of my lungs these words from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I'm like telling it, you have to leave. You cannot stay here. Get out of my home. And I could feel the energy like ramping up. Yeah. And it felt like I was having a screaming match with someone. Like I was in a tit for tat with someone. I had never experienced anything like this in my life. Um, and I was overwhelmed and then I just stood there and it was like it all dissipated. The entire room felt different. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. I kind of laughed when I left the room because I felt like I didn't vanquish him. He just got tired of hearing me. <laughs> I think he really just got fed up hearing me and left. So do you think that... Obviously, like, he wasn't, like, doing anything malicious, per se, like, like evil. So, do you think he was just, like, an angry, like, grumpy old man or something? I don't think he was malicious, and I don't think he had any intent on hurting us. I think I annoyed him. <laughs> I do. I think, I think telling him he couldn't communicate with Jackie and kind of pulling that lifeline or that energy mm -hmm. away from him might have... Um, annoyed him it also could have been him trying to get our attention again because i had pulled her away um, she was in three yeah she was three when she this happened three. so yeah she's like a, an energy ball yeah she's especially like a ball for spirits yeah to him. um i think that's what it was initially but as i annoyed him i think it really became like this war like all hours of the night, this TV would turn on and turn up over 100, mm -hmm. and I would go in there, and it would either shut off on its own, or I would have to shut it off, and I would be yelling at him, and it was really crazy. Yeah. Um, I can't explain it, and I usually don't tell a story outside of family, because people would look at me like I'm insane. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the most terrifying things I've ever experienced. Oh, that would be terrifying. As a mother and as a person and as a sensitive, because I, I can feel those emotions. I can feel that energy. Um, it And I wasn't trained 
to do anything about any of it. Yeah. And so it was quite frightening. Yeah. So it's definitely a difference now. I know some of the stuff that we experience now is definitely different than that. We don't have TVs going on and off like that. I mean, we do have electrical stuff that happens, but yeah, yours sounds something like straight out of a paranormal movie. It is. And and where I'm at in my abilities today and the experiences I have and how I process those are far different than that experience. Um, Do I have frightening experiences on that level still? Yes. Um, But I'm no longer standing in a room unable to speak my voice. I've learned how to hone uh, the sensitivities and hone the energy and to better communicate with them. Um, I also don't get as frightened of them as I did then. Yeah, yours definitely trumps mine. (laughs) Mine was a ghost in the kitchen throwing things, um, and then that was it. And then, yeah. Yeah, it's like, where do you go from there? Maybe that's why I don't get afraid, because you can't top that. Anything else is just minor in comparison. So maybe that's why I can walk into a dark jail with no one around and not shake in my boots. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely did not have experiences like that growing up. I know that um, when I actually moved in with uh, you and your husband um, that we started doing more investigations and you offered and you're like, hey, do you want to go to the cemetery that's by our house and, you know, just talk to some ghosts? Like, it's really cool. And I was super interested in it. So I was like, yeah, totally. And then ever since then, we've been having more experiences. I have had more experiences in the past two years that I've been here than ever in my life. Well, I believe the ghosts in the area, because I do visit the cemetery right outside my neighborhood, the one you're referring to, quite often. And I think they're aware that I'm aware. So they have a tendency to follow me or make themselves known Um, either through devices or sensitivities or, uh, you know, random voices, things of that sort. Um, You coming with me, you opened yourself up to some of that, which is why I think your experiences have amped up. And that's not necessarily in a negative light, but you investigating with me and being with me and me being so sensitive um, has definitely opened you up. Oh, definitely. Um, I remember the first time. What happened first? Was it the guy saying yes in your room or was it we went to the cemetery first? Okay, well, we had been going to the cemetery right outside the neighborhood. Yeah. We had gone a couple times, and that cemetery is kind of touchy. Um, that cemetery has a love-hate relationship with me. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them really like having me there, and there are a few that don't want me to exist. So it's kind of a love-hate over there, but we always get activity, and it always follows me. But I think what happened first... I was driving in Carmel on a road that I traveled every single day, and I had never noticed there was a very old, small church with a very private 
old cemetery in the back. And the cemetery dated back to the 1600s. So it's old. Um, Something called to me, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that happens to me sometimes. You know, I'll get called or I'll get that feeling. And so I turned and I noticed the cemetery. And I remember thinking to myself, in two years, I never knew that was there. And so I told you about that. And I came home that night, and I just, I felt like I had someone with me. So I turned on my puck in my bedroom, which I don't recommend you do this often in your own home. But I turned it on, and I, because I always get good activity with my puck. And I said, hey, is there somebody here with me right now? And I waited a couple minutes, and I grabbed my recorder for an EVP, obviously. Wanted to see if I could get a voice, which I had never done in my own home before. I had never tried to get a voice. And on the puck, it said, I'm almost there. Of course, I got excited. I'm like, oh, my God, he's almost, <laughs> something's almost here. And so I speak into the EVP recorder, and I said, are you here with me now? And I pause. And then I go on to my next questions. I didn't hear anything with my own ears, obviously. So I continued, and I ended up turning off the recorder, and I played it back. And oddly, a couple seconds after the I'm almost there on the puck, me asking the questions, I got a yes. Yeah, I remember hearing that recording. You were came home from work and you were like, you will never believe the EVP I just caught. And this is in my room, Selena. Yeah. And you played it for me. And it is a distinct yes. Yes. Yeah, that was crazy. And then that night, if you remember, this is the very first truly active experience we had together. I had a recliner in my room next to my bed. Oh, I remember this. Before we were investigating at the cemetery, and it was me, you, and Lauren in the room, and we were just watching TV, and I was sitting. um, At this point, you had a couch instead of a bed in your room. And so I was sitting on the couch, and we were just watching TV, and I heard something scratching and knocking on your closet door. And I was like, am I going crazy? I was like, are you guys hearing that? And I remember you and Lauren being like, we're not hearing anything. I was like, so you're not hearing scratching and knocking on that closet door. And then I remember you pulled out your puck device, and you were asking, and they basically said that they were letting me know that they know I'm listening now. He was doing that just for me. Yes. But prior to that, that same night when I was called to that new cemetery Mm -hmm. is when, remember, I had my recliner next to the bed. That's before we moved the couch in. Okay. And I had been woken up in this foggy kind of dream state Mm -hmm. and saw you sitting in my recliner. Oh, yes. But in my head, I was seeing something that wasn't you. You saw Remember. me, but it wasn't me. But it wasn't you. And so in that next morning, oh. I didn't tell you right away. I didn't tell her I had a crazy dream. So we go into work. I remember now. We go into work the next morning and you hadn't told me. I hadn't told you. We didn't see each other that morning, but we were going to see each other at work. 
and we're just, you know, working, it's during rush, and we go, oh, wait, there's something we didn't tell each other. Like, I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you my weird dream I had. And you go, oh, this crazy experience happened to me last night. So we're telling each other our stories, and so you saw me sitting in the recliner, and I go, that's fucking crazy, because I dreamt that I was sitting in your recliner last night. So in my dream, I was sitting in the recliner, my hands were just on the armrest like normal, and I was staring straight and your recliner was kind of facing the bathroom and that was my dream i was just staring straight in your recliner staring at your bathroom which is what i had seen in my dream like vision you were in my chair staring straight ahead as though you didn't acknowledge i was present Mm -hmm. and i knew you physically weren't there but even a step beyond that in my head my feelings I knew it wasn't you we couldn't explain it I still can't explain it I've never experienced anything like it but for some reason that night after that first EVP we shared Mm -hmm. a nocturnal experience and I do believe it was that same gentleman that left me the EVP that I had called into our house that night and I will say that was the very starting point for you and I yeah. and this paranormal movement we've had since. And that was two years ago. And since then, um, it has just been a whirlwind. But that was our very first experience together. Yeah, definitely. And it it was a crazy experience for me. Uh, that's the story that I don't tend to tell people just because nobody really believes it. I think I've told maybe two people, and they look at me like I'm crazy, but it happened. Well, the hard thing is, it's very hard to put into words how things make you feel. I'm sure you've all watched Ghost Adventures, and you've seen them go, oh, it just feels this way, or it doesn't feel right. Physically, we can't always justify what we're feeling. I mean, we can't explain what we're physically feeling sometimes. We shared that nocturnal experience, that dreamlike experience, and we both felt it. Mm -hmm. And we could tell when we were talking about it that we felt the same thing. But how do you translate that to somebody else that is either a skeptic or has never experienced it or has never even heard that something like that can exist? It's very hard to share that, which, you know, I really haven't shared that with anyone outside of our family and us because of the same reason. Um, They'll think I'm crazy. Yeah. It's just very hard. Most people do. Talking to people who believe in the paranormal or have interest in it, they're 100% open up to that possibility. Um, But talking to skeptics, like... I mean, like, you can be skeptical. Like, that's that's you. That's all on you. But they're they're not very open to it. And it's very hard to explain to them, like, you know, this happened. Like, I'm not making this up for, you know, show and tell. But that's why I started training on investigative equipment. Mm-hmm. Because it's really hard for someone to call me a liar when they can hear a voice on a recorder. Yep. It's hard... For someone sitting next to me to call me a liar when the spirit box 
is talking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I use spirit boxes. That's why I use the puck. And, you know, we have several devices that we use when we're investigating. Um, and that's for scientific proof for those skeptics or for the people that have never experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I enjoy seeing people's faces when I play that EVP back mm-hmm. and they realize what they're hearing. Because there are a lot of people in the world that want to believe or that do believe or that want to experience. They just don't have those experiences. They may not have somebody sensitive around them that kind of opens up this world to them. And so when they hear that evidence or they see that evidence, um, one of two things happen. (laughs) Either scares them to death or they're excited Yeah, because they've now heard it and it's not on a tv show yeah in their own ears in their own hands they have a recording of of a spiritual voice and that's why you know i've since you and i started um i've purchased a lot of equipment and you know you've learned how to use it i've learned how to use it and we've kind of learned in our investigative uh experiences who gets what results with what piece of equipment. Yeah, not every ghost uh, or spirit or entity in general respond to certain equipment. Like, some um, won't respond to the spirit box. Some won't respond to the EMF. I mean, they don't either like using it or they don't want to. They may not have the energy Mm -hmm. or the understanding on how to use it. Um, Just like our cemetery, my, my beloved cemetery over here that loves and hates me, they cannot stand when I bring in equipment. They do. They use the puck device and that's it. They don't use the EMF. They don't use the spirit box. They absolutely hate the spirit box. Well, and interestingly enough, the very first spirit box I had, one of the very first models um, I had taken in there and I had gotten several results from it and things. And I was having a rather, I don't want to say heated yeah. interchange with a spirit, but it wasn't a very nice spirit. I heard a huge growl come through the spare box and then poof. So it blew up your spare box. It blew up the spare box. I could never get the spare box to come back on. So it literally just yes. broke your spare box. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. And so I think they tolerate the puck device because I've been going to that cemetery now for about five years. Yeah. So, and I always use my puck device because it's an easy way for them to use the dictionary with their energy and to communicate with me. And they do it pretty flawlessly and they're used to that. But when I start bringing in new equipment, they get kind of frazzled or irritated Sometimes they don't respond or we get any nothing out of it at all. Sometimes they get mad at us and tell us not to use it. Um, each, you know, each spirit is different. Each location is different. Um, what you get for experiences is different than what I get for experiences. Um, so it's a very fine-tuned kind of yeah. situation. Yeah, definitely. Um so something I want to ask you more about is uh, being, like, sensitive. I know you mentioned that a lot, but, um, and I know about you being sensitive, but they don't know about you being sensitive. So can you just kind of describe, like, what it's like? Yes. There's a difference between being a sensitive and being a psychic medium. 
Psychic mediums, though they all have different abilities or they channel their abilities differently, mediums tend to see ghosts. They can walk into a room and see all that's there. Um, I feel ghosts. Um, I can feel energy changes. I can feel energies around me. Um, oddly, and it's very hard to explain, mentally, they can call to me um, mentally sometimes. I, can, I know when they're here. I can see them. I can see their energy. Now, in saying that I don't see ghosts like a medium, that doesn't mean I don't ever see ghosts. Mm-hmm. Because I have. I've seen all different kinds of spirits um, in different forms. But I don't know that that changes me from a sensitive to a medium, if you yeah. know what I mean. Because I cannot walk into a house and tell you, you have 10 ghosts, this is what they look like, and this is what they want. Because that's not how I work. And, and I think in the paranormal realm like this, everybody's a little bit different. I'm more of an empath, an intuitive um, I can feel the feelings. I can, and it's not just in the spirit world. I'm a sensitive empath in general. I, when you're upset or you're happy or something's going on in your head, I can pick up on it. I know it. If there's something in an area, somebody was just in a room that had feelings or such, I can, I can feel those. So that is not just in the paranormal realm Um, I'm very sensitive and empathic in that way intuitive Mm -hmm. Um, now that equates in the paranormal world in the fact that you know I can feel them um, I can sense them I I, they can reach out to me mentally Um, it's it's kind of my my brand of communication with them and they know I can um, they pick up very quickly on the fact that I can sense them. Um, like I said, I've been called to cemeteries before just driving by. Mm-hmm. Um, never knew it was even possible or it was a thing mm-hmm. until it started happening. Um, and the first couple of times, you kind of blow it off like, that was weird. I don't know what that was. Um, but now that it happens to me regularly and I have more understanding, I realize it's because I'm sensitive to their energies, and they now know too that I'm sensitive to their energies. Yeah. Does this ever like affect like you like day to day, like going to work, living in the you know your house, and being with your family, and even sleeping and things like that? Like, does this ever like affect you when you least least want it to? Yes. And <laughs> you live with me, so you know, <laughs> you know. Um, they wake me up. Yep. They give me nightmares. Um, <laughs> they touch me. <laughs> they are all around me. Um, I, I, I was sitting in the parking lot at Papa John's waiting on a pizza and heard a spirit voice say, hey. I remember that. Yep. It doesn't really matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. If they want my attention, they will try for my attention. Um, so, yeah. Do I sleep well? <sighs> Sometimes no. Sometimes I just don't want bothered, and I'll put a blanket over my head. 
<laughs> like, I know they're there, and I know they want to communicate, and I'm not up for it. So, <laughs> like a child, I'll just put a blanket over my head and pray they go away. That is definitely something I did. I used to visit uh, my aunt up here when I lived down in Florida, and my uncle absolutely loved watching Ghost Adventures, and that's actually where I got introduced to him. And so, I would want him to play it while I went to sleep, and I slept on, like, their couch in their living room. And I remember loving the show, but absolutely getting creeped out once the lights were on. And I always felt like something was there because I would get so creeped out. So I'd literally put the blanket over my head and be like, oh, it's okay. Just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. <laughs> They're not there. They're not real. <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't put them over my head because I'm scared. Mine is more of a, like giving a boundary. Yeah. Put it over like a physical head. boundary. A physical boundary. Look, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. Um, sometimes they don't care. Sometimes they're going to bug me anyways, as you know. Yep. Um, there was one time, and I don't know if you remember this. I was on the phone with you, mm-hmm. and you were talking, talking, talking. I forget what was going on. You were excited about something. And I'm just Most of the time. Away, and I'm sitting in my dark room because it was late at night, and there was just a little crack of light from the window where the moon was shining in, and I noticed a full-body apparition shadow move across the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I'm like, huh. I just, you know, I just saw that mm-hmm. because we do have a rather active bathroom. They they like to hang out in this bathroom here in my room. As you know, we've had so many experiences in this bathroom. But yep. um, I saw it move across to the ceiling and towards the bathroom. And I was like, oh, okay, well, he's here. Yep. I always say he's here. And, he, you know, you went to the bathroom. And I wasn't thinking anything of it. And I could feel him standing there staring at me. And that happens quite often. I tell you all the time, ugh. He's standing at the bathroom door Mm because he'll stand there and it stares right at my chair here in Mm -hmm. my room. And I knew he was there, but I was bound to determine I was going to listen to you. And he was just going to have to stand there and look at me. And I guess that wasn't enough because I'm talking to you and I suddenly feel this energy around me and around my hand. And I'm still trying to ignore him. The next thing I know, someone's holding my hand Mm -hmm. And pins and needles are going up my fingers and up my arms. And my arm was getting cold. And I even stopped you and told you. I'm like, I think he's holding my hand. (laughs) And I kind of got annoyed at him. And I'm like, hey, are you holding my hand? I didn't give you permission to hold my hand. Let go. And I kind of snapped my hand back. And the energy dissipated. But, yeah, I mean, they kind of bug me no matter what I'm doing. Yeah, I will say this, though. Ever since I've been opening myself up and, you know, ghost hunting with you and really just, because I used to be scared of it, you know, because it's the not knowing. And now that, I mean, I'm still scared, you know, sometimes, but now I'm more confident in communication because I realize now that they're not, most of them are not here to hurt. So opening myself up, I can definitely say that I know I don't experience it the same way you do, but opening yourself up in general, you get more communication. I have had them, I've had them bug me when I sleep. I have been laying there and then all of a sudden I feel this thing over me, looking at me, staring at me, trying to get my attention. Just the other night, I heard somebody whisper my name in my ear and I've had that happen on multiple occasions. And I will put the blanket over my head because I'm like, go away. Like, I'm trying to sleep. I do not want to talk. Like, leave me alone. And, you know, most of the time they do go away, but sometimes they don't. I've had them bug me all night. I've gotten no sleep before because 
they're just over me and they're staring at me and you can just feel that energy my house is definitely full i've definitely brought a bunch in here um have you had the shower creep yet no, I do not think I have. And I don't think I want to, if I'm being completely I honest. I that when I shower, he's in the room and I feel like he's like a creep. Yeah. <laughs> looking at me. And one time I like snapped at him. I'm like, don't look at me. I didn't invite you in here. And like, he, I think he got mad and like the vent in the shower yeah. just stopped. And, and then the energy dissipated out of there. But I mean... Long story short, to answer your question, yeah, they they do affect my life. They affect work, as you know. Yep. They've thrown things in the restaurants. They've mm -hmm. knocked on windows. They've bugged people in the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. They've interrupted my sleep. Um, my poor grandchildren were down eating their dinner on the table, and I had a great big bluetooth speaker yeah sitting on top of sitting the on top of the fridge it was powered off it wasn't plugged in it wasn't being used at all and out of nowhere i wasn't even in the home at the time remember, remember yeah, we weren't home we weren't here and a little girl's voice came through those speakers and asked the, my two granddaughters to play with them scared the life out of them my husband heard it as well with his own ears so of course i got that call you were with me every freaking out freaking out and panicking the kids were crying and screaming my daughter was yelling at me and my husband's like uh it's for real <laughs> like, you know because the kids can't exaggerate but my husband was like oh no I heard it with my own ears mm -hmm. so yeah it affects every aspect of my life yeah definitely I've seen I don't like seeing stuff but I've definitely seen stuff when we've been um, investigating in that uh, Whitechapel Church Cemetery I remember seeing this it was very brief but this white flash of like somebody standing over you and um We've saw, I've saw the man that stands at the bush at the other cemetery. You've seen the one that stands behind me in my chair. Oh, I did. That was a, that was very funny. So I was walking up the stairs. We were coming up here because we were just going to chill and the dogs were blocking you. So you weren't quite up the stairs to the top yet, but I had already, you know, moved past them, typed in your code to your door. I open the door and it's pitch black because you usually turn your lights off. It's pitch black, and my eyes go straight to your chair. And behind your chair, shit you not, was a man that was probably about... It was... Well, I couldn't tell that it was a man, but you could kind of tell that it was a man. And it was probably like... I want to say like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, not super tall. But it was just... You could see that in the pitch blackness of your room, you could see a head and shoulders and it just kind of dropped off because it was like standing behind your chair so it like dropped off like where the torso meets the waist and so you couldn't see everything but head and shoulders perfectly defined and I literally saw it blinked a couple times because I didn't think I was seeing what I was seeing and then I realized I was seeing what I was seeing shut the door and then I turned back and I go you can open the door and you're like what and I was like uh, I just saw somebody standing behind your chair. You can go in first. response? <laughs> uh, that's just my man. Yeah. He's, he's always there. He stands behind my chair when I sleep. He's always there. And I was like, well, you can go in first. <laughs> yeah, he's, there is a manly spirit of some sort that is always with me. Yeah. Um, usually always behind my chair when I'm in the home in here. Um, I do think... 
he does follow me from time to time. We've been out investigating mm-hmm. and getting quite a bit of evidence. And then the ghosts on scene will tell me that he's arrived. Mm-hmm. And then everything stops. Yep. So um, he's never done anything negative to me. So I don't think he's malicious. It is odd that the other ghosts don't like to communicate with me when he's around. So I don't know if he prevents that in some way. Um but yeah, I do know he's always here. Yeah, I know we took a little bit of a break just because we were having some crazy things happen in our personal lives and a couple job changes. Um, so we took a little bit of a break from ghost hunting. We hadn't been to the cemetery in months. And since we've been investigating since, which is only like, what, once or twice, he really hasn't shown up. He's not followed over. Yeah, Yeah, so so I don't know if he will again, but yeah, he definitely would show up and, you know, they would be like, they'd be like, he's here. And that's what they would say. They'd be like, he's here. Yeah, either he's here or he's arrived. Yeah, the arrived arrived would be one of those ones. I do think he might be that first gentleman that left the EVP Mm -hmm. um, because I think he came, Mm -hmm. he was heard. And now he's with me. Yeah. I think he was the guy who was scratching at the door trying to get my attention. Because it just feels like they're all the same. Like, it's the same energy. Yeah. That's another thing that's kind of, like, hard to explain. Like, how do you know? It just... We know. We know. You can feel... It's, it's Even just... Even though you're not as sensitive, you've opened up. And I think you've been around me enough that you've experienced multiple types of energy. Mm-hmm. So you can even discern yeah. between the energies. I feel like when you've been doing it so long, even if you're not like born as sensitive, because you've had, you were born as sensitive, you've experienced, experienced this since childhood, you know, up until now. And I haven't really had much experiences, but I can definitely say that if you just open yourself up in general, you're you're going to feel something. You have to be willing, though. You have to be open-minded and willing to talk to them and to feel those things. And I'm not sure everyone could still. You know, like you said, I, I was born this way. Mm-hmm. Young, young, I don't really remember much. But I can tell you, at about 10... It became very terrifying for me um, because I would have night terrors Mm -hmm. and I would wake with wounds that would happen in my dreams, like straight Freddy Krueger stuff. Yeah. And my mom couldn't explain it and it would scare her. Or I was having deja vu all the time. Mm -hmm. And then that would progress. And I was having these precog episodes that were just baffling my mom. And then it started with sleep paralysis. Um, There, you know, there was a spirit. At the time, I didn't realize it, but um, she wasn't very nice. Mm -hmm. And it it was a recurrent nightmare, night terror type spirit. And and I would have sleep paralysis. And uh, my mom got so scared and so freaked out. She actually took me to the church. And mm-hmm. ask them to pray over me and pray the demons out of me. My mom thought it was demonic. Yeah. Um, she was terrified, um, which is crazy to think back. I mean, I was 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, and it it did go away after they did that. Um, well, I can't say go away. I stopped focusing on it. I stopped 
feeling it. Uh, I still was very sensitive to the people around me, the emotions around me, um, still having deja vu, very intuitive, but the connection, that paranormal or that that spiritual connection wasn't the same. Yeah. So I kind of drifted away from that area for a little while just simply because I was forced to because in my household it was bad. It wasn't something I should be experiencing. Like I said, my father is not comfortable <laughs> with the subject at all, no matter what. And so he will actually, if I start speaking, he will get up and leave because he, he can't handle it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I started young, but it wasn't until, well, I had the previous experiences we talked about, but really understanding has been over probably the last five years. Yeah. So, yeah, but you're right. You do... When you do this and you do open yourself up, whether you're sensitive or not, you do begin to understand the difference in the energies and the experiences and, uh, you know, what's around you. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, now that we're talking about it and like really sitting down and talking about it, you know, it kind of makes me wonder if... You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not on the level that you are, but just maybe being sensitive, you know, myself, because I've had deja vu before. I just had deja vu the other day, twice actually. So, and, you know, being able to feel like, just kind of be in tune with people's emotions a little bit. I've always been able to kind of sense that. Um, And even I have this nasty habit, not habit, but this weird thing to like, I feel like when I say something, it comes true not like when people are like oh manifesting because that's like the new it thing it's like manifesting your dreams and goals but this is just like stuff that you would say you know offhand you know making a joke and things like that and it just comes true and it's crazy things things that wouldn't normally happen and so I do think you have some sensitivity to you because I don't believe any random joe who just happens to go to a cemetery with me is going to understand feel and experience the things that you have experienced while investigating with me while living in my home and then just on your own sense i don't think that would happen to just anybody so yes i agree with you you may not be on my level may not be something that you were necessarily born with but i do believe you are capable and are sensitive to these things um because you wouldn't i don't believe you'd be having the experiences you are having on the level that you are having them one or two random little things maybe but um, and we'll talk about it more in future podcasts because, you know, this is getting kind of long. But uh, you've had quite a few experiences and, and very, very different experiences that most people wouldn't understand. And, and even paranormal groups would never, ever be privy to. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think on some level you are sensitive to the spiritual yeah. realm. Definitely. So... Okay, well, I think we've covered these topics. Um, Anything else you want to cover before we end this tonight? 
Oh, nothing that I can honestly think of. I think that we've done a really good job kind of just explaining where we all, like, where we both first started at. Talking about our ghost experiences and um, a little bit about us in general, about how we're sensitive and um, some of uh, where we first started going to cemeteries, investigating, just the kind of start of just us. And I think we're a unique pair because obviously there's a huge age difference between the two of us. There are different experience levels between us and different sensitivity levels, but we have managed to join and really do great things in the paranormal realm. So I think we can really give people insight Um, And this gave us the opportunity today to introduce you guys to us and who we are as a pair and individuals and how we will be coming at the paranormal world through our podcast in the future. Yeah, I think that really sums it up. So. Well, that's all for today's episode of The Dead Herd. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time where we continue to discuss all things paranormal. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks, Amanda, and thanks to everyone listening at home. Until our next episode, remember to stay spooky. And if you see a ghost, just cover your head with a blanket.